Hello, ladies and gentlemen. What is up? It is I, John. And I'm Britt. She's the beautiful. He's the nerdy. And she's the nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse. Okay. Welcome, one and all, to the third Halloween episode. <laughs> Which, honestly and really, I am excited. I am so I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Because, first of all, this is a creepypasta AI generation episode. Now... First of all, I want to quickly thank you guys for how much love the last two AI episodes got. It was the part, it was the two-parter with the SpongeBob Seaside Chronicles and the AI-generated SpongeBob episodes. We love you guys. We love you a lot. And so here we are with Halloween themes coming in hot. So this is going to probably be the longest Halloween episode of this year. Because this time, we are generating AI creepypastas. So, what we are going to do is we are going to generate an episode. Episode? <laughs> I'm really good at this today. I'm not even going to fix that. You guys get to hear me be stupid for a second. Okay, so we're going to be generating a creepypasta. We will read it together. And then, we will talk about what we think about it after we're done. And so you guys are getting a bunch of new creepypastas. We're going to be doing a Lost episode, a Pokemon creepypasta, since I am the resident creepypasta guy here. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of know what a Pokemon creepypasta usually looks like. And then we're just going to ask it for a creepypasta. Just... A without any yeah just to see what it'll do with just that and we hope you guys will enjoy yep the first one we are going to generate is going to be a naruto lost episode creepypasta so with <laughs> no further ado um please enjoy the episode naruto the cursed scroll it was a dark and stormy night I find myself browsing through an old dusty box of VHS tapes in the basement of a thrift store. Among the random assortment of tapes, one particular cassette caught my attention. It had a handwritten label that simply read, Naruto, the Cursed Scroll. I was a fan of Naruto and the idea of a lost episode intrigued me. I decided to purchase the tape and take it home. When I got home, I dusted off my VHS player and inserted the mysterious tape. The video started with static and flickering, and for a moment I thought it was a damaged recording, but then the familiar opening theme of Naruto began to play, I'll bet distorted and eerie. The characters in the in intro had a sinister hollow look in the their eyes, and the music was eer eerily slowed down. As the episode started, I immediately noticed that something was off. The animation quality was much darker and more detailed than anything I had ever seen in the series. The colors were muted, and the characters appeared as though they were in constant pain, their faces twisted in anguish. The story of the episode centered around Team 7's mission to retrieve a sacred scroll. However, the mission quickly dissolved into a gruesome nightmare. The characters' faces, unimaginable horrors, and violence was far more graphic than anything ever shown in the official series. I watched in horror as beloved characters met gri grisly fates, their screams and pleas echoing 
through the distorted audio. Naruto, Sasuke, and Sakura were not immune to the nightmare. Their physical and mental states deteriorated with each passing scene. Naruto's skin began to crack and peel, revealing raw, bloody flesh underneath. Sasuke's Sharingan spiraled out of control, causing him excruciating pain. Sakura's eyes turned bloodshot and her hair started falling out in clumps. The cursed scroll, which was supposed to contain powerful jutsu, became a cursed object that whispered malevolent secrets to its readers. It lured the characters into madness, and as they read from it, their bodies twisted and contorted into grotesque forms. It was as if the scroll itself was a sentient evil entity. As the episode continued, it became apparent that there was no escape from this horrifying reality. The characters were trapped in a never-ending cycle of pain and suffering. The sense of hopelessness was overwhelming, and I couldn't tear my eyes away from the screen, even as my own heart raced with terror. Suddenly, the screen went black, and a single message appeared in blood-red letters, You never should have watched this. The video ended abruptly, leaving me in stunned silence. I removed the tape from the VHS player, my heart pounding. I couldn't shake the feeling of dread that had washed over me. I tried to find information about the episode online, but there was no record of Naruto the Cursed Scroll anywhere. It was as if the episode had never existed. To this day, I can't forget the horrors I witnessed in that lost episode of Naruto. I often wonder if it was a cursed artifact, a forbidden recording that was never meant to be seen, I can't help but feel that I unlocked something malevolent right that night, and I fear the consequences of my curiosity. I've learned to live with the knowledge that some things are better left lost, and I hope that by sharing this story, I can warn others not to seek out the cursed scroll, for it may still be out there, waiting to ensnare those who dare to watch it. So, Naruto the Cursed Scrolls. So, <laughs> I loved it. Keep in mind... I have read a ton of creepypastas. She's kind of new to it. So, <laughs> first of all, what do you think? I love I it. I mean, that's the thing. I love these no matter what they are. Good or bad, I always have fun with creepypastas. <laughs> but in the realm of lost episodes, this one is so incredibly generic that if it wasn't part of this podcast that I am creating and made for it, I honestly would forget <laughs> completely about it. I liked it, though, but that's because I'm new to creepypasta. Yeah. And I'm, I'm telling you, they're like the goosebumps of the internet, <laughs> basically. They're a hardcore version of goosebumps, if you ever like those. I love goosebumps. Um... Maybe next year we should have you kind of check out some of the creepypasta classics. Mm -hmm. That'd be a really nice Halloween episode. Um, anyways, though, the whole trope of the characters acting out of touch and out of the way they're supposed to be, that's kind of a norm in the creepypasta community. Lost episodes are kind of normal, but to be honest... It got the tropes right, so this AI has not failed us. I think this is a solid creepypasta. Not, it, it's not going to generate classic lits, 
just back up and remember, guys, this is an AI. The fact that it was able to write something that had some kind of coherence is already kind of interesting in and of itself. So, on to the Pokemon creepypasta, which we're not going to ask it for a Pokemon game creepypasta. We're just going to say Pokemon. I'm going to hope that it doesn't do a lost cartridge style thing. Because um, those are the most generic ones. But expect that that's what you're going to hear. <laughs> the Haunting of Eterna Forest. In the small quiet town of Eterna City, nestled deep within the dense Eterna Forest, a sinister tale has been whispered among the locals. They would often speak in hushed tones about a Pokemon unlike any other. This Pokemon was rumored to have dark powers and a haunting presence, and it was said to roam the very heart of the forest, where no one dared to venture. Its name was forgotten, lost to the ages, but it was simply known as the Forest's Curse. The story began with a curious young trainer named Emma, who had recently obtained her first Pokemon, a charming Piplup named Titus. Eager to prove herself, she embarked on a journey through the Sinnoh region, but Eterna Forest was a place she knew she had to visit. The allure of the dark and mysterious forest was too strong to resist, despite the unsettling tales she'd heard. With Titus at her side, Emma entered the forest with a sense of trepidation. The dense trees loomed overhead, and the air was filled with an eerie silence. As she ventured deeper into the forest, she became aware of strange rustlings in the bushes, and shadows just danced beyond her peripheral vision. Hours turned into days, and Emma found herself hopelessly lost. Her piplup, once lively and cheerful, had become quiet and withdrawn, as if a sense of impending doom hung over them. Food and water were running low, and panic was setting in. That's when she heard the voice, a whisper so faint that it seemed like the rustling of leaves. It called her deeper into the forest. She followed the voice, feeling as though her every step was guided by an unseen force. It led her to a clearing bathed in an eerie, otherworldly glow. In the center of the clearing stood an ancient gnarled tree, its bark etched with symbols and runes of language Emma couldn't understand. Beside the tree, the legendary forest cursed emerged, a creature shrouded in darkness with crimson eyes that pierced Emma's very soul. It was a twisted fusion of several Pokemon, its body contorted and deformed. The creature spoke to her, not with words, but through her mind, a telepathic connection that sent chills down her spine. It revealed that it was the guardian of the forest, a Pokemon trapped by the curse centuries ago. It sought freedom and vowed to grant Emma power beyond her wildest dreams if she could help it. Desperation and curiosity overcome her, and Emma agreed. The creature's essence flowed into her, granting her abilities far beyond that of a typical trainer. Her Piplup, too, was transformed, evolving into a sinister version of itself, its eyes now cold and lifeless. Emma left the forest with her new-found power, but it came at a great cost. Her connection with the forest curse was permanent, and its dark influence began to seep into her very being. 
She would hear whispers in the night, see shadows lurking at the corner of her vision, and feel an insatiable hunger for power. As she traveled the snow region, her name became known not for her skill as a trainer, but for the malevolent aura she exuded. She had become the embodiment of the forest's curse, a dark presence that struck fear into the hearts of all who encountered her. People of Eterna City warned travelers to stay away from the forest, for the haunting of Eterna Forest was no mere legend, it was now a living legend. The curse that had once imprisoned the creature now bound Emma, making her a part of the forest itself, forever haunting its depths. Years passed, and Emma's legend grew, but no one knew the true story behind her transformation. She remained a tragic figure, a warning to those who would dare to seek power in the darkest corners of the Pokemon world, forever lost in the haunting depths of Eterna Forest. So, my god, the haunting of Eterna Forest. I like it. Not an awful one. Um, it does actually kind of break some cliches, although it is kind of dull. Um, two things about it. First of all, I do have to be a little mean about chat GPT for a second. <laughs> it gave us, like, a ton of different Lavender Town stories. I kept regenerating the yeah. prompt, and it kept giving it to us, so I eventually Which... had to add that isn't about Lavender Town to the end of the prompt. Which, if I'm understanding, you're meaning that it's kind of generic. It is... Lavender Town... And it's been done You're not in the fandom so i can tell you about it but i don't think you really understand how badly overdone it is well i will be now since i just started but i don't know yeah about eventually if you're in the fandom very long which she's kind of just getting in let me tell you anytime you look up haunted pokemon anything you're gonna have to wade through 10 pounds of lavender town content Right. Which everyone is very sick of in the fandom. <laughs> um, and that's how 99% of creepypastas oh, begin. So, like, so it'd be like, uh, oh, uh, I can't remember what that one thing is in Naruto. That us Naruto fans hate. Yeah, basically think of something that has been way done to death in any fandom. Lavender Town being creepy is number one. <laughs> There are a couple good Lavender Town stories from way back in the day when it wasn't played out so badly. Right. But those are ancient history. What I do um, like about the one that it gave, though, is, like, it started out, like, as a fine, a cool little, like, story, and then it led into the creepy. Yeah. Like, it didn't just give you it all at once. It did kind of have a progression. I feel like this is better than the Naruto episode that got lost. Yeah. From our, uh, I didn't like it last... because it did that whole like played out thing where it's like, oh, I found a cartridge, or oh, I found a tape, or oh, I found a DVD. Yeah. Now, to be honest with you, <laughs> that's pretty much sadly all I have to say about this. I do think, however, it is kind of nice that it gave us a turn of forest. I mean, we had to bully it to not give <laughs> us a lavender thing, but right. I mean, to be honest, it's just kind of good. It's not great. It's not going to break any top tens or nothing, but... But it is a good, good it's story. It's mm passable. -hmm. And like I said before, being 
structurally sound and passable is all we're really looking for right. in this. Except with the next section, because in the next section, it's finally time to just give it creepy pasta. <laughs> this is the one that I think is going to be the most interesting of all of it. Mm -hmm. Now, I do kind of want to take you guys back a bit, though. Because creepypastas mm -hmm. are not what they used to be. I was thinking about doing suggestions a bit later, after, if we had enough time. But I think it is important enough to do here, so that way we definitely have it in the episode. So, if you guys want to see what a real creepypasta is like, I'm going to give you a handful of suggestions right here. We're going to talk about some of the monsters. <laughs> um, so, off the bat, Jeff the Killer has a ton of different stories that are amazing. Um, there's Jeff the Killer. There's Jane the Killer. Jeff versus Jane. So, those three and pretty much anything else you can find. I've even wrote a creepypasta about oh, Jane. Those are all good ones. So those are all amazing. Check out Kisaragi Station too. The Kisaragi Station, it's, you have to specifically look up the creepypasta though to get Kisaragi Station. That one's really unique and awesome. Mm -hmm. Strider is one of them. Um, of course, there is the infamous Hero Brine original creepypasta from the Minecraft fandom. Those are the kind of things that I am talking about when I say creepypasta. There's also Smile Dog. Do you know a lot more about creepypasta than I do? I only know that one. Yeah. There is a bunch of Mothman creepypasta, but that's not really where he began. I mean, yeah, really. My aunt lives right by where, uh, where they say the Mothman comes from. <laughs> Anyways, though... I just wanted to throw you guys out a few quick suggestions. We already know that this is going to be kind of a shorter episode. Mm -hmm. But it's fun. Um, <laughs> but this is a very fun episode. And um, furthermore, I am going to be posting all three of the AI creepypastas somewhere, sometime. It's going to be hard to figure out how to do it because I don't have a website anymore. Um, look in the show notes, maybe even come back to the show notes later, because there will be a link to a place where you can see all three of them, eventually. Even if I have to kind of, like... Wait, so, like, all three of them by themselves? Yeah, there will be a link to a place where you can view all three of these creepypastas that are made for this episode. Um, so, otherwise, here is the final creepypasta. <laughs> final pasta. <laughs> Why are we like this? One thing to keep in mind about this one is we actually had to retitle it because it was originally called The Forgotten Arcade by the AI. That's already a taken title for the creepypasta fandom, so we decided to call this one the Silver Screen Arcade, based on the name of the place 
in this creepypasta. Please enjoy. In the heart of a forgotten town, hidden away in the shadows of an abandoned shopping center, there was an arcade that had been long erased from the collective memory of the locals. The Silver Screen Arcade was once a vibrant hub of excitement and joy, where children and teenagers gathered to play video games, exchange secrets, and create lasting memories. But as the years passed, it fell into disrepair and disuse, overshadowed by newer, flashier arcades in the bustling city. The owner of the Silver Screen Arcade, Mr. Huxley, was a mysterious figure, seldom seen by anyone outside of the town's original residence. His long, unkempt beard and ragged clothing made him seem like a madman, but he held an uncanny talent for fixing the arcade's vintage machines, keeping them in perfect working order. No one knew where he came from, but it was said that he had a deep affection for the ar arcade and would do anything to preserve it. One stormy night, as rain poured relentlessly from the heavens, a group of misfit teenagers stumbled upon the arcade. They had heard tales of the Silver Screen Arcade from their parents, who spoke of it with a mix of nostalgia and dread. Intrigued by the legends, they decided to explore the decaying arcade. The arcade was a maze of flickering neon lights and the echoes of bygone laughter. The machines seemed to come alive as the teenagers played them, their retro sounds filling the air. But as they delved deeper into the arcade, they noticed that there was a game unlike any they'd ever seen before. Tucked away in a corner, covered in a thick layer of dust, was a game titled Eternal Challenge. The screen displayed a gruesome, pixelated depiction of a sinister carnival, with grotesque clowns and eerie rides. The teens couldn't help resist the temptation to play, and as they started the game, they were greeted with ominous music and unsettling imagery. As they played, they realized that the game seemed to predict their every move. It showcased their deepest fears and darkest secrets twisting them into horrific scenarios. Panic overtook them and they desperately tried to quit the game, but the controls wouldn't respond. They were trapped in a nightmarish world. Mr. Huxley appeared from the shadows, his eyes gleaming with a malevolent light. He explained that the arcade had a dark history, and the only way to escape the game was to win it. But the price of victory was high. The teens had to face their inner demons and confront their worst fears, and only the strongest would survive. Over the course of that night, the teens were pushed to their limits, battling their own terrors within the game. Some emerged victorious, forever changed by the experience, while others were consumed by the malevolence of their arcade, their screams forever echoing in the deserted halls. <laughs> to this day, the Silver Screen Arcade remains hidden in the shadows, a place of forgotten nightmares and cursed games. The townsfolk dare not speak of it. For those who do are said to hear the chilling laughter of clowns in their dreams, a reminder of the eternal challenge they can never forget. And remember, if you ever come across an old abandoned arcade in a forgotten town, beware of what you might awaken in the darkness, for some nightmares are better left undisturbed. That was Silver Screen Arcade, a very good title. But just kind of storyline too. Kind of a good structure. I think that is one thing I will say about all three of these right off the bat. Is it seems like Chat GPT seems to be good at structuring stories, but fleshing it out is where it has a lot of right. problems. 
And while me and Britt were just sitting here spitballing back and forth, one thing we think is this is actually good for writers with writer's block. Uh, that's something that Britt said. And I'm, I'm definitely mm-hmm. in agreement here that if you guys want a good writing exercise, ask it to write you a story about insert here. And you put whatever story you want in. And then... And then you try to write... Then try to write around whatever it says. Because let me tell you, it's good at the concepting phase. It just seems to be where it needs detail is where this thing is going to fall on its face. To be completely honest with you, though, I cannot be very mad at this thing. The fact that these are readable in any sort of intelligent way... Right. Is already kind of a bit of a cool thing in of itself. So, I mean, out of all three, Silver Screen, I think, has the creepiest tone. And Naruto, the Cursed Scroll, probably has the coolest idea. And for some reason, Pokemon, the Pokemon one just didn't have... I, I don't know, it wasn't as strong as the other two. I'm going to be completely serious. I've... I've been listening to Pokemon Creepypastas for hours on end at work because we're allowed to have earbuds when we're working. And to be completely serious, this was already going to be hard for me to be pleased because we, like I said, between those two Creepypastas, we had to make it stop giving us Lavender Town stuff. Right. After that, I really wish I would have just come back and re-recorded and come up with a different idea, but now that I'm thinking about it again, I'm kind of glad that we kept the Pokemon stuff in, just to make the point that this thing seems to just know what generic is, in some (laughs) cases. So, for all of you who are out there doing AI-generated stories, just be aware. If you're not going to spice it up, then you're going to get nowhere with it. (laughs) Um, I have seen a lot of AI-generated stuff lately. And that's kind of my preemptive thing is you got to be willing to work with what it gives you first. Mm -hmm. Because it's not going to get good. Right. Um, And honestly, this was a really cool idea for a Halloween episode. Um... I guess the final thing I gotta say as well um, is I hope you guys did enjoy these creepy pastas nonetheless. Um, sometime after launch of this episode, we will have a way for you to read all of those, plus the old SpongeBob scripts. I think I finally know what I'm gonna be doing. Is we're gonna do some kind of free site so that way you guys can read some of the text we have. <laughs> When we do these AI episodes and, you know, any other sort of article style stuff will be up there wherever that will be. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a closing thought, there was supposed to be four Halloween episodes. Unfortunately, we've kind of run out of time. This is literally the 29th at 8 p.m. as I'm saying this. Um... So there is no way we can probably get the last episode done before it is actual Halloween. First week of November is going to be Scooby-Doo 
Season 1, Volume 2, to wrap up and say goodbye to our favorite season of all year, the Halloween season. <laughs> um, do note, next year we'll have a lot more media-focused Halloween stuff. We were a little bit rushed for time. My brother got married. But we'll be able to do a lot better, even though we're getting married on the 26th of October next year. But believe me, we've got all the ideas we need for it. If you guys have some for us, do tell us. Because we love Halloween. We want to keep this going. We want to make it big every year. Um... It was amazing that there was even one, if I'm being honest. But we somehow were able to crank three. Um, and we thank you guys for the ratings because people have been loving the Crypto Zoo and the Creepy Dex episode. Um, I personally like them a lot myself. Because um, I have to proof these. That's something I don't really bring up too much. And... Maybe we'll do the question episode right after the last Halloween episode. Right. That does sound like um, fun. Because there is a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. um, there will be a couple bonus episodes that come out of this season. Including the next episode you're going to hear is actually not going to be the Scooby episode. It'll be a bonus in which I have taken all four creepypastas that we have read this month into a bonus. <laughs> Since it is a very small, simple thing, I've decided to do it. And there will be a nice little foreword from myself. Um, so I hope you enjoy that bonus. And we will see you in the Scooby episode. Pieces, deuces. Bye now. Peace. Bye. Mm-hmm.